snaps a two-week period where claims were rising. The Labor Department releases results for the entire month of July tomorrow. Right now, S&P futures are unchanged. Dow futures are up 31. Lawmakers in Washington still at an impasse over a new relief bill and $600 in expired bonus dollars for out-of-work Americans. White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro tells CBS this morning. There seems to be uh, intent on both sides uh, to get to uh, deal. Correspondent Weijia Jiang. On Capitol Hill, White House and congressional negotiators wrapped up a 10th day of talks over COVID relief packages for the American public. And they're still clashing over whether to pass a comprehensive deal or smaller measures. President Trump says he is considering taking executive action if Congress can't reach an agreement. The mayor of Ozark Lake, Missouri, is thanking a new batch of waterfront partiers for boosting the local economy. One of the largest mass gatherings of the pandemic is planned for this weekend in the Midwest. More than 250,000 people are expected to rumble through the famed Black Hills of western South Dakota for the 80th edition of the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Rick Bush is the town's public works director. We're asking everybody that, that does come to adhere to CDC guidelines and uh, adhere to social distancing measures and best practices. More than 60% of the 7,000 residents of Sturgis who were surveyed said the motorcycle rally should be postponed. Because of COVID-19, Jim Crisula, CBS News. Some schools still debating the best way to begin the academic year. More than 100 students are quarantining after six, and a staff member tested positive at a school that's reopened in Mississippi. An American University professor who's called every presidential election correctly since 1984 is out with his prediction for this year. Correspondent Steve Kathan on what Alan Lichtman sees in his crystal ball. He uses... 13 key factors to come up with his determination. Most notably, it comes down to a referendum on the incumbent party. Sizing up all the information this year, Lickman predicts a Joe Biden win in November. Seven of the factors swing in his favor, six do for President Trump. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Truck Talk, sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tire pressure. Some people think checking it's important. Others, not so much. Here's the simple truth. If your tires are low on air, you're using more engine power and fuel to force them to rotate. So if you hope to extend the life of your truck, check that tire pressure regularly. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Ask Sherwin.
Some homegrown stars will get their due in the Garden State. Super Bowl champion Eli Manning, Grammy Award winning singer Sissy Houston, and Good Times actor John Amos are among this year's inductees into the New Jersey Hall of Fame. Others known as the Garden State's best and brightest include Oscar winner Anne Hathaway and author Fran Lebowitz. Poet and journalist Joyce Kilmer, who has had a New Jersey Turnpike rest stop plaza named after him for years, will also be inducted into the new class. Bill Rakoff, CBS News. Warren Buffett's been sister has died. Doris, Buffett's favorite line, Warren loves to make money, I love to give it away. While he ran Berkshire Hathaway, he recruited Doris to sift through requests for financial help, everything from dental work, legal bills, and custody cases to wheelchairs and car repairs. She shunned what she called SOBs, symphonies, ballets, and operas. Her family says Doris died at her home in Rockport, Maine. She was 92. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. Balance of nature, it's the greatest thing in the world. I can't imagine where I'd be without it. You know, I, I feel 20 years old again, and I want to continue to stay in shape. I understand the oversaturation in the market and the resulting cynicism that people have. But balance of nature works for anybody and everybody. And as much as it's a today product, it's a product for the future for me. I am the most satisfied customer in the world. I don't know what I would do without it. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code FRUITS. At Century National Bank, we believe strong communities are built with local volunteers, donations, and leadership. Last year, we supported 301 local organizations and donated more than $393,000 to our local communities. Our bankers care about helping our entire community thrive and prosper. Century National Bank is committed to investing money locally and doing everything in our power to support the people and groups in our neighborhoods. Century National Bank, Division of the Park National Bank, member FDIC, CenturyNationalBank.com. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-958-2156. That's 800-958-2156. Hi, I'm Brent Hartman, owner of O'Neill Hartman Insurance, and I'd like to tell you another reason why you should consider moving your insurance to O'Neill Hartman Insurance. Reason number four, competitive pricing. I'm not going to claim that we save, on average, $500 per customer. We all know that's fuzzy math. Let me put it this way. Almost everyone we quote ends up becoming a customer either because we save them money or we update their coverage to adequately protect them. 
If you feel like you're paying too much for your insurance, or maybe you haven't had a review in a while, you owe it to yourself to give us a call. 797-4685. Introduce. with Gruiser Realty and Building. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. 5913015. What was that number again? I said 5913015. Get our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Well, it's another beautiful morning in Southeast Ohio. 67 degrees outside. Going to climb up to 79 later. And this is the party line on WATH. We got a special edition today. You know, Ohio University is very proud of its international student body. And with all this COVID thing and everything, some of them are struggling. So there's been a move afoot to uh, try to help them out. And uh, we've got uh, three ladies joining us this morning. Kathy Fall, Hailey um, Flournoy Voss, and Faustita Mensa. And um, let me, uh, let's see, where's my phone? Over here. I'll turn that on right there. And... Um, Let's see. Um, now, Hailey Voss, right? Good yes. morning. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Listen, um, you are uh, keenly involved with this whole of, of effort, as are the other two women who are on the line with us this morning. And, um, you know, years ago, I was a member of APHIS, which was Athens yes. Friends of International Students. And, and in my home, we have hosted, I don't know how many international students to live with us for a period of time and things like that. And they remain friends for years. I mean, I ju we just communicated with two of them in the last week. And it's such a neat and special experience. By the way, one of them is a king today. <laughs> wow. Yeah, pretty cool. They are our international students are our honored guests in our community. Yes, indeed. And um so with COVID and everything like this and campuses running so cautiously, lots of things have happened and and you know, we don't even know for sure what is going to happen this fall. So with all of that in mind, here we have lots of students who come here from other countries 
the travel visas that they have allow them to work for the schools they're going to, but they can't have an outside job. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally, um, a lot of them are, um, what do I want to say, grad students, you know, and o- OU has this procedure where freshmen and sophomore may live on campus, but juniors and up including grad students, live off campus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got rental issues and you've got food issues. And they, you know, some of them are interns and some of them have, uh, what do you call it, when the student works? Um, oh, um, well, anyway, a student works for the university, but those jobs don't on exist. campus jobs. Yeah, those don't exist right now. So, we got a group struggling out there, don't we? Yes. Well, t- uh, and Faustina is an international student who can tell us a little bit about that. Now, Faustina, you are uh, from Ghana, right? Yes, please. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Dave, and good morning to your listeners. Good morning. And that that's a nice way to open the show. I like the way you did that. <laughs> um, you're a doctoral student, third year. And yes, higher education, student affairs, that sort of thing. And yes, uh, on our campus, we also have an African Student Union, and you're the current president of that organization, right? Yes, please. So what, what's your, you know, what are you hearing from your fellow members of that organization? Are they, are they really worried? Are they worried about the health thing? Are they worried about the finance thing? What? or all the above, or just describe what uh, your fellow students are going through. Yeah, thank you once again. And exactly what you said is everything that we were all worried, and I will be saying we because I'm an international student, and I'm also in the same boat as my fellow students. So um, several hundreds of us, and that's international students here in Athens, we all were experiencing financial distress this summer, especially um, because of the COVID-related shutdowns. Um, we all lost income from our on-campus jobs and summer paid internships, which were canceled. And majority of us were also unable to go home um, due to the travel bans. So what happened was um, a coalition of international students. We came together, of which I'm a co-founder and four other student leaders, we came together and we joined hands with other international student leaders and we established the International Student Tax Force and through our advocacy efforts, concerned community members, um, actually the whole kind of Athens city, the university and our fellow domestic student leaders, we came together address the need now folks if you can't tell we're using a uh, cellular phones in in a um, what do you call it a um, oh shucks what do they call that um, when you patch a bunch of them together um, Merge our conference call conference call thank you suddenly I had a little um, brain blip there um, so um, uh, forgive the quality. It's not terrible, but it's not perfect either. Now, uh, Faustina, how long have you been in Athens? 
So this is my third year. And um, how does Athens suit you generally? It's perfect for me, actually, because it's the same demographics, um, like the home, my hometown where I come from in Ghana. It's also a college town, and I'm a non-traditional student. I'm an adult student, so it, it works perfectly for me. I'm actually glad I came here because of the, the demographics and the people and the social connection that I found here, I'm really glad I didn't find myself in in the city because I would have struggled, and I love it. I love it so much. Thank you. Wonderful. Now, how large is the college in your hometown? Um, It's not as big as um, Athens. I think we will have about 15,000 students. So about two-thirds maybe the size. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, joining us also this morning, we have Haile Flournoy Voss and, um, let's see, Mary Ann and Don, right? Right, daughter of, yes. Yeah, how about that? They're, they're nice people. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, Thank you. Haile, what's your role in all of this? Well, I was aware of, became aware in the spring of the International Students' Predicament just through relationships of knowing a a number of international students, and I began to realize they're going to need help because they are prevented by uh, from working or having any income, and they they had so few options, um, and they also didn't... uh, um, uh, The the government funding that was coming down relief didn't apply to international students. Right, right. And so um, I, I realized that uh, there was going to be a need to, to um, I joined forces with the International Task Force to help coordinate a community response to, um, and the community is, it's amazing. Um, the, the need is still, but at the beginning was so large, and it was hitting at the same time that Athens and the Ohio University were going on its needs at the time when all the businesses were shut down and the students weren't here and the university was laying off hundreds of employees, at that moment, they, they also, the community and the university, also rose up to give and begin to assist these international students had, who had no legal means to, to pay for their living expenses. Right. Yeah, you know, folks, let me, let me, I sort of dropped a little bit of this earlier, but I need to do it again and in more specific detail. Uh, these students come here on, uh, a, I'm going to call it an educational visa. As such, they're allowed to um, work for the university or the school they're attending. Um but they can't take a job like at the local restaurant serving food or at a hardware store helping with um, materials to be sold. They can only work for university efforts. Now, if the university has come to a halt uh, because of a, a, a virus, 
that generally means their jobs don't exist because they've been laid off on a temporary basis. Um, we also know that the university is struggling a little bit financially anyway. So even, um, even Americans who work at the university, uh, many of them have been furloughed or whatever the proper terms are. So their opportunity to pick up some money working at the various departments that they're associated with, these, these grad student, even undergrads, uh, has disappeared. And um, that is what they were counting on to pay their rents, to pay for some food, uh, things like that, right? Right. Yeah, and passing. And what? Um I was going to say that, um, so what specifically happened is this international student coalition that um, formed between university staff and the International Student Task Force and community members began organizing to, um, back in May and uh, in April and May mm -hmm. and June to begin to address this need because um, you know, the average international student owes about $600 a month in rent. Mm. And if you have about 250 students, there's more than that. But let's say 250 students who can't pay rent for four months, you're, you're talking about just for rent alone over, uh, you know, like half a million dollars. Right. So of that they have no, the, the internships that they counted on on the summer, were canceled, as Faustina said, and also they or they couldn't travel home. And they all um, usually these these are students who live off campus, as you said. So they have year-long leases that they're in, and um, they're like, "How do we how do we even address this?" And they started getting very worried and stressed out um, and distressed because they all want to pay their rent and they all want to do you know they all want to. Um, you know, they're here to get a schooling and they, they, that's what they want to do. They want to, you know, take care of their responsibilities. So it's been amazing to see how, um, first the Athens, first the Athens County Foundation came forward with a grant for $10,000 and we, um, opened at Ohio University, the International Student Emergency Relief Fund. Yes. And since that time, um, there have been um, generous contributions from Christ Community Wesleyan Church, from Rotary, Athens Rotary, mm -hmm. from um, the um, Foundation for Appalachian Ohio, and um, then individuals started giving into, there's a, a, a GoFundMe page or crowdfunding page on um, Bobcat Gives, um, uh, at Ohio University's website, um, that people have given almost um, thirty thousand dollars to matching what was given from organizations. So there's been about sixty thousand dollars raised. Then Ohio University also was able to repurpose some funds as well to add to it. So um, so far, uh, a little bit over two hundred fifty students have been um, had their needs met 
up through what they needed through July. Right. So that's been amazing. Um, and maybe Kathy should tell something about what's been happening over at Cat's Cupboard. Well, um, sure. Kathy Fall is our next guest, and, and we'll all, um, when you each jump in after this, uh, say this is Kathy or this is Hailey or whatever. Um, so, uh, Kathy, you, you've had, you've been involved with the Dean of Students uh, offices here. Um, you've been involved with some other uh, schools like the University of Oklahoma and so on. Um uh, how unique is what we're going through here? Um, well, good morning, Dave. Good morning. Certainly, uh, we're all experiencing something we've never, never experienced before. Um, and I think um, Faustina and Haile have done a great job of describing how it is impacting our international students. Um, so some of the things that we've tried to do to support those unique needs are... Um, we had an emergency fund that we um, instituted right when the pandemic started and were able to support international students. We had about $75,000 that were distributed to international students um, in the spring before the summer came. Mm -hmm. And um, additionally, we um, have a campus food pantry. And I think you know, a lot of folks don't always realize that there's um, hunger on campus with students. Um, and when students don't have jobs, like our international students in particular this summer, the need to, to kind of take care of your basic needs um, is exacerbated. So we uh, run a, a campus food pantry called Cat's Cupboard. And um, since the pandemic started, that's been running in a way that promotes social distancing. So students can sign up for appointments, drive up or walk up, and get um, two weeks worth of food or, or some um, they can order specifically what they are looking for or in need of. They can come every two weeks. That organization, the uh, Cat's Cupboard, um, did I call that right? Cat's Cupboard, yes. It, Cat's Cupboard, yep. Um, people are encouraged to drop off food there. And yes. um, it's, it's at Baker Center on the ground floor. And there are certain times when um, they can accept food, and there's very spe specific times when the international students may come and request food. And, um, and then there's some other things, too, along the way of ways you can help. And uh, when we get to the end of this program, not, not too far away, we'll, we'll work on listing all of these and how you can get involved with each of these so but continue on cat's cupboard now that's existed for a while now they even they even had that as i recall um before the pandemic yes so cat's cupboard is the on-campus food pantry and um it's been operating in, in some form or fashion since 2017 um in baker center uh, most recently, about a, a year and a half ago, we moved into a remodeled space in Baker Center to be able to offer um, food to students who are experiencing hunger. Um, and I would say um, a majority of the students who access that resource are international students. In particular, this summer, I would say probably the 80% the to 90% are international students for all of the reasons that have 
we've already outlined and discussed. Um, so and that operates with the generosity of the community, either donating so that we can purchase food through the Food Bank of Southeast Ohio or dropping off donations to directly support students. And the community and the outpouring of support has been incredible. Um, we would not have been able to feed as many people this summer without that, that support. Right. Now, um, of course, we don't want anything that's out of date. You know, if you're going if you're going through your cupboards and uh, just pulling cans and things, make sure they are uh, um, use uh, usable. So that's uh, a great point. Yeah, uh, because sometimes if you're just going through the cupboards and saying I'm going to help them, you know, you mean well, but well, you know what I mean. So unfortunately, uh, <laughs> gift cards. You know, I I've heard that people are uh, actually. Uh, in the checkout lines at various stores, and they'll just pick up a gift card. And uh, that seems like a nice gesture. Um, and dropping those gift cards off again to uh, the cat's cupboard and places like that, right? Yes, that can, those can be dropped off um, on Tuesday mornings as well. And Athens Rotary and their members um, purchased... Uh, over $3,000 in gift cards to grocery, local grocery stores. So the, the beauty there is supporting our local businesses during a difficult time while also helping students be able to go and shop for the things that sure. they, they need and want and maybe can't get through the cupboard. My buddy um, Betsy Berenger uh, sort of headed that up, and she did a good job. She she did. So we, we appreciate that. And the, the relief and smiles from students to know that they can go on their own and get the specific things that are unique to their family and needs. You know, another, another thing is farmer's market itself. You know, it, it functions on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And um, I, I've never been there on a Wednesday. I only get there on a Saturday. But uh, there's the donation station set up there, and it's been there for years. And uh, they are working with you folks too, right? Yes, so we pick up produce from Community Food Initiatives and their donation station um, project every Monday, and that fresh produce gets distributed then to our students. And again, access to fresh produce. We know, um, you know, when folks use a food pantry, they often have a lot of canned items because they're they last a long time and they're easily stored. But what we know is that people want and desire fresh produce and it's healthier for them so having that connection to the community is really important now um i heard another story i think it was yesterday thinking about this show i'd ask questions of different people i thought might have some knowledge of it and um so they were saying that uh, like 600 applications for rent assistance have been filed and yet um they figure about um, 400, 450, right in there are the numbers that need it. And the reason it was higher than that was because some people have been waiting and waiting and waiting, and so they filed again. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, um, how, how does that work? Are there, is there the option, is there the availability for rent assistance? The um, the International Student Emergency Relief Fund has been able to give um, rent assistance uh, or any kind of ex- 
living expense assistance that they use. It's given to the student and they decide what their most urgent need is. Um, but they've been able to give so far to about 252 students to help them be caught up through July. Mm-hmm. But we still have August and September to get through um, because the the on-campus jobs will, some of them may start up again in the fall, but a lot of them won't, at least at the beginning, because um, it's going to be online at the beginning of the semester. And also, um, but university stipends and GA ships and things like that will start up, So, but they don't get paid until the middle of September. So the, the need will be intense until at least um, the beginning of October. Okay. Yeah. Dave, can I add on, please? This is Fusty. Please do. So, as Heidi said, um, the statistics you also gave, there's, um, there's a bit of a link there where we know from the Global Affairs, from the Center of Global Affairs, um, we have about 600 international students in the bracket of need. So the 600 you had, probably that is what it meant. So um, we have different categories, um, especially based on our visa type. I think this is also helpful to your listeners. So um, there are different categories or different funding for some of our international students. But based on the statistics we received, and it's also important to mention that the International Student Tax Force, um, we, we conducted two surveys. So our advocacy efforts were driven by data. And so we learned that the total number of students or the rough estimate of students that fell under that bracket of need were about 600. And as you said, in terms of applications that were received, they were a little over 300. And like Kylie said, what has been awarded. Um, The key thing is that um, Students were given the opportunity to apply, and there are also um, instances where students may have applied twice because initially they didn't understand that the application form was running for June and July. So there's that aspect. Um, I also want to use this opportunity to kindly add on that it's also critical to put it out there that as international students, and I know you mentioned this earlier, we have setting legal restrictions when it comes to work. And so um, aside as not being able to officially work outside Ohio University, our campuses, we are automatically exempted from federally funded um, grants that were given during the COVID pandemic. So the stimulus, for instance, the CARES Act, um, the HAPCAP assistance program, as per our legal status, we could not apply for any of that. And back to what Haile and Kathy said, that was even why it, it was a bit more worrying for us because then what we learned throughout the process was that our only source of financial aid was the university. And that's, that would have been too much and a bit um, difficult 
for the university to realistically meet that need. And so that was actually what the International Student Tax Force aimed to do was to bring everybody together, ourselves as student leaders, um, the university and the community to come together to work towards helping the international students. So I just wanted to add a bit more of that because then it helps show how dire the situation was and a bit beyond the university to really help even if they could have. I get it. Finally, let me ask you a question. Your mom for years was the uh, Associate Director of International Studies here at Ohio University. Looking back, yeah. um, and, and you're president of a thing called Sugarbush. What's that? I'm the president of the Sugarbush Foundation uh, at Ohio University, which my parents, Donna Marianne, for I started, um, but it doesn't fund in the areas of anything to do with the international students, so I just volunteered myself as okay. a community yeah. member sure. to help um, coordinate the, the community response. And I knew that we have this amazing, generous community who would rise up even in their hour of need and begin to help. And I have been just brought to tears a number of times with how wonderful the response has been. Well, Haile, one, one of the things I was going to ask, and I, I think you might have some hunch, the um, years ago, um, the, the numbers of international students who were engaged with Ohio University, some of which was in other countries, but much of which was right here on this campus. How do we compare today with years ago? I don't know the specific numbers, but I do know that it's much fewer international students now than in years past. It's much more difficult to get a visa and, um, and uh, to, to, to arrange the funding and um, traveling. Well, now during COVID, uh, right. even people who graduated are stuck here in Athens and can't, or they may go somewhere else in the United States for a while, but they still can't fly home. Right, right. Well, um, okay, so uh, very first thing I said this morning was that I have been, a, my wife and I have been members of AFIS, Athens Friends of International Students. As I understand it, such an organization doesn't really exist anymore, right? Yes, it has uh, gone by the wayside at least a decade ago, and I wasn't here in those years, so I don't know why, but I certainly heard a lot of people saying, we should get this going again. Absolutely. I have wondered about it for some time because, um, well, we have hosted uh, over 20 students in our home. Um, by hosted, I mean they've lived with us, some as many as two and a half years. Um, from different countries and even some from the U.S. Um, we have one gentleman from uh, oh, uh, Oakland, California. There we go. Uh, and that's almost as much a foreign country as uh, Brazil. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the, the point to all of this is we've had wonderful experiences. And we think we've made a difference in many of these people's lives. 
and not a bad difference. Um, <laughs> so, um, folks, I'm telling you, if, if we could get this thing going again, it would be also helpful in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you invite, yeah. invite these folks over for dinner. Um, you help them with uh, issues that they're dealing with. Um, and it can be a simple thing. Um, we have one young man who lived with us who was black, and he looked, I don't know, suspicious, if you want to call it that way, and he, he caught a lot of attraction from the law enforcement people, but he was not doing things wrong. And finally they got used to him and realized he was a good guy. But, um, you know, what a story, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what uh, what do you think we should cover that we haven't done yet? Well, I just want to say that there's been lots of people who have done simple things as well. If they happen to know um, an international student, like if an international student is a part of your congregation, reach out to them individually and ask what their needs are and see if there's something simple that you can do. We, um, Joan Mickelson and I uh, took an international student fishing on our farm pond, and he thought that he had died and gone to heaven. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, fish didn't have fresh fish. You, you know, invite me. Simple. Invite me. I'll go, too. Uh, and I got tons of fishing gear that doesn't get used very often. We could equip um, probably half the student body. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, but many. Um, yeah, that sounds like yeah. so much fun. And and these are experiences they may not get to experience even in their home countries. I also want to mention that um, people who have been have excess produce from their garden can donate to the cat's cupboard um, either by dropping it off on Tuesday morning at the lower level of Baker Center or uh, you can drop it off at the donation station at the farmers market and then it will get it it will get directed through that yeah. um, Ace, can, I, can I also add on please Faustina please yes Thank you. So in addition to what Heidi said, um, as a task force, as you mentioned, we've, we, we are an advocacy task force, and one thing we've had challenges making progress with has been our legal advocacy. That's what we actually even started with, especially, as Heidi mentioned earlier, majority of international students are living off campus. And majority of us are living in the big um, apartment complexes when we, we learn that our landlords, the corporate la- landlords, are not um, Athens residents. Right. And unfortunately, we also don't have an association of landlords in Athens. And so one thing we have not been able to make progress with is to kindly reach out to these apartment complexes and possibly all landlords in Athens to kindly appeal to them to reconsider waiving late fees during this period. Because as we have all um, shared, 
Now, the challenge for most of our students here is, and especially international students, is where to get funds to pay our rent, or even we may be short on, on what we have. And um, the late fees accumulate like they usually, for where I stay, for instance, they give us up to the fourth of the month, and after that day, every day it accumulates $25. And so we haven't been able to make much progress with that Um, through our um, collaboration. As highly mentioned, we've received the grants from the Athens Mediation Services and they are supporting, but our desire is to be able to curtail the mediation, you know, so it's to be more preventive if possible because we know how these mediation issues can also affect your credit and everything. And so we would want to also, and thankfully um, for this opportunity you've given us to also put it out to all your listeners who are landlords to kindly, um, like Kylie said, if you have international students, please be kind and graceful with them. And even all students, actually, domestic students are going through challenges as well. Um, so that if possible, late fees during this time would be reconsidered and, and held on until hopefully we have enough to be able to pay on time. We are, as, as student leaders, encouraging our students to show due diligence, but um, we know that even when they do that, they still will be accruing the late fees. So thank you for this opportunity to put this out. Well, Stina, you are, um, your uh, use of the English language is remarkable. Well, listen, thank you. <laughs> um, tell me about um, you. What is your goal in long term, because you're a third year doctoral student now, and um, uh, you wish to pursue higher education and student affairs programs elsewhere, right? Yes. And yes, um, so, so <laughs> what would your perfect goal be? Um, my, my perfect goal, and actually that's the reason I came to the United States when I first learned about student affairs as a profession, and I'm a very um, empathetic person and I love supporting my students and seeing them be successful in school, but I never knew there was a profession known as student affairs professionals. So I came to um, Ohio University, I came to the United States because I wanted to learn the competencies of a student affairs professional and my hope eventually will be to go back to Ghana and be an advocate to have a student-centered kind of education that we have here in the United States. So that's my desire, and I'm so excited. The experience is even way better than I initially envisioned because the only thing I knew about student affairs was what I had read on the Internet but when I came, and I want to say this, like, Kathy, I'm a big user of Cat's Cardboard. And the first day um, I, I saw Cat's Cardboard, I took a picture of it. I actually video called my sister, and I showed her around. I told everybody back home, yeah. and I couldn't believe it that on a campus we have this pantry. And it's actually, for me, it saved me so much 
because our, we use we use our stipends to pay for our general fees and our rent, and you you are usually left with like a hundred dollars to live on. And I like cash covered. I appreciate Kathy and the work they do so much because it it has really been a lifesaver for me, and I believe for most students. And so. Um, I've come to see Student Affairs even in a bigger light than I knew, and I'm more excited to be able to go back home and hopefully to introduce that as well. So thank you for that question. Um, Kathy or Hailey, let's, let's talk about ways people can become better informed besides this radio show. Now, um, there's a website. Um, and... Um, Let's, let's see here. The website is bob, bobcatsgive.ohio.edu. Oh, that's a different one than I have. Uh, it's a, well, the, 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 that's, it, that's the one that I can say easily over the phone. Yeah. I mean, when you're listening, bobcatsgive.ohio.edu will take you to the, um, to the link to, to the supporting the international students. But there is also a URL that is, well, that can be okay. That can be emailed. And let me, uh, folks, let me give you a moment to get a piece of paper and a pencil, and we're going to uh, share with you a couple phone numbers, um, with what each is for, and an email address, and. Um, a website address, which will give you yet more information. Now, mm -hmm. um, but you're certainly welcome to call these phone numbers and, and ask in-person questions. But um, this, this, is, um, this is an important thing. These are guests in our community. They love being here. Uh, they're just struggling a little bit right now because of a highly unusual situation. And Dave, this is highly. I just want to say that these international students are going back to their countries and they become global leaders in their field. Right. And so they become the editors of newspapers, the presidents of colleges, the you know, they're very high level presidents of banks and, and things like that. So what, how we respond as a community reflects on how they feel about the United States when they leave. If yes. they yes. struggled, when they were struggling through no fault of their own, and people reached out to them and showed hospitality and compassion and care, then they feel that about us. Um, when they leave, and I think that's very important um, because that will last with them for the whole rest of their life. Absolutely, and uh, some of the you know some of the students we've hosted have been high school level, many have been college level, some have been grad students. Uh, I think of Olga Sidrovich, who was um, actually on um, adjunct faculty here and getting an additional degree, and now she's a department head down in South America somewhere at a college there. And uh, Wow. 
what what an amazing thing we have here at Ohio University, and we don't even fully know it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. Okay, so let's pick out just the simplest phone numbers and email address and web address. Um, and I've got a lot of stuff in front of me, so I'm, I'm going to ask one of you to try to determine which those would be. And now this okay. is for Steve. Yes. With the email address, um, we will use ISFS at Ohio.edu, right, Heidi? Because ISFS is um, managing the fund, and so they will be the best to respond. And okay, folks, let me repeat this because um, you, with her accent, you might have misunderstood the letter. I I S T F. So it's um no that's the I S I S S S I S Student Faculty Services. Okay, well then that's different from this thing I have here. What is I S T F? International Student. Okay, I S F S. At Ohio.edu. Okay, so we fixed that one. What phone number um, do you think people should call to have further questions? I have, Kathy? I have Maybe. one here that says 707-7506. What do you think? I'm not sure what that number is. Okay. Um, I, this is Kathy. Uh, the Dean of Students Office is 740 740- Five nine three one eight zero zero, and also just wanted to share. There is a email address for the food pantry. It's just foodpantry at ohio.edu. Okay. Um, and is there a place that just sort of uh, a website they could go to that will point out all sorts of things? Like so this I radio show did. It might be helpful to share also um, the website for International Student and Faculty Services, which is ohio.edu backslash ISFS. And that will give you information um, about uh, international students, the programs that are offered um, for students on campus, and then... Um, they also have a, a phone number if someone wanted to reach out directly, and that's 740-593-4330. Okay. Well, folks, um, we encourage you to, I mean, we know everybody's struggling. Uh, everybody's out of their normal zone. Um. So are these students, except they have fewer options to draw from than, um, let me turn my phone off here. Come on, phone, turn off. Um, They have fewer options available to them than even we do. There we go. Um... So let's, let's uh, keep them in our hearts and our minds. 
and um, and let's help one another. And um, Faustina, I'd like to meet you in person. I'd like to talk about yes. Ghana sometime, <laughs> um, and for that matter, the African Student Union, which you're the president. That would be awesome. I say what? Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, I would look yes. forward to that. Harley, I don't want to know you. Um, <laughs> I'm teasing, of course. And Kathy, keep up your good work down there. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. Appreciate that uh, you focused on this issue. Well, yeah. You know, and and Joan is who brought this to my attention, and I really appreciate it. And we yes. are we are continuing to promote this on both of our stations. We even started before this, uh, midweek. I think we started, um, and we'll be doing this for a while now. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Can I um, qu- quickly interject before we go? Since you mentioned Joan, um, as you said, I I would also want to use that opportunity to say a big thank you to her and to also mention that. We had, it was more like our community task force, and it was through that we met Joan, and it was made up of the Lutheran church members, Brookfield church members, other church members, and our former um, return Peace Corps volunteers, and some um, community members who are also like staff members at Ohio University. And we form, they, they are kind of more like our community um, task force. And actually, they have been behind the community outreach and the food drive donations that um, the success we've achieved with that and with tackling the food insecurity aspect of it. And so I'm glad you mentioned Joan and how supportive they have been. And like you said, through our conversations, they did mention the Athens Friends of International Students. And so we are hoping to ask if we can use this opportunity to reignite that um, community that you had with APHIS. So thank you to our, we call them our um, advisory panel committee. Mm -hmm. And so we are really grateful. They've been very supportive. So thank you once again for listening to her and giving us this opportunity. We appreciate you. Folks, uh, I mentioned Joan. I'm talking about Joan Mickelson. So, <laughs> anyway. Listen, <laughs> thanks, ladies. And um, Thank you. If you want to uh, join us again, let us know. Yes, thank you very okay. much. So okay. much. Okay. Bye-bye. We'll be glad. Thank you, Heidi. <laughs> thank Bye-bye. you, Kathy. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, we are 970 WATH uh, Party Line. And uh, just about a minute. Yeah, exactly. One minute left. Uh, Let me just update you on the COVID thing. Here in Athens, there were two new cases in the last 24 hours, bringing our total to 352. 73 of those cases are active. 278 are considered recovered. And as we've had all along, one death. State of Ohio. Um, as of yesterday, a total of 96,305 cases, uh, 2,600 in ICU, 8,600 in other hospital settings, 3,500 deaths, 8,500 recuperating at home, and now 72,000. 
950 considered recovered. By the way, I said Athens had 352 cases. Were we like the rest of the state, we would have 549. Keep it up, Athens. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. All programs, including those self-employed and gig workers, that number actually increased by 1.3 million to 32 million. Numbers for the entire month of July will be released tomorrow. Right now, the Dow is up 41 points. Socially distanced or not, one local official in the South is thanking young people for spending money in his community. Social media videos of packed partying at waterfront clubs in Missouri's Lake of the Ozarks have led to a huge increase in tourism despite COVID-19. Lake Ozark Mayor Jerry you just think about what this has done for our economy, and you just go, thank you, folks. Coronavirus cases are spiking in Missouri, but the three counties bordering the lake have fewer than 500 cases out of the more than 55,000 in the state since the pandemic started. Jim Crisula, CBS News. The mayor there with Fox 4. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti has put the order out to turn off services to party houses after one person was shot and killed at a gathering on Mulholland Drive this week. By turning off that power, shutting down that water, we feel we can close these places down, which usually are not one-time offenders, but multiple offenders. Contact tracing has linked coronavirus outbreaks in Ohio since July 1st to 50 bars and restaurants. Other outbreaks linked to daycares, churches, and schools. A new poll finds most parents think it's not safe to send their kids back to school. The Washington Post Scar survey finds 80% are in favor of holding classes, at least partly, online. Special ed teachers like Elizabeth Parker in Passaic County, New Jersey, are worried about their students. I wonder how much social-emotional we're going to get when we have to be six feet apart. Social 